man, things are going to change. Things are going to change fundamentally in this world. That's where we live in. I don't know how, but I just I just feel like Donald Trump rising, Unwise Index rising, question mark, question mark, question mark. Like, you know, what's going to happen? I watched that DJ Khaled interview three times now. You did? Yeah. Someone described it as like like audio shots of espresso. Yeah. Like he's just he's just an uplifting dude. Did you, did you watch the Snapchat uh, the Snapchat compilation for DJ Khaled too? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. I see that. Where he's on the treadmill and he's like, I changed a lot. <laughs> <laughs> I, I I feel him on the secret to success is cocoa butter. You don't want none of cocoa that stuff. You don't want none of that cologne. You want that cocoa butter. Oh, he's, he's, he's like, why do you smell so good? It's like cocoa butter, dude. So I guess the people going. Cocoa butter does. I mean, nothing turns up a party like cocoa butter. Yeah. Um, like consistency. What do you? What is cocoa butter supposed? Supposed to like help your just your skin look good? Like I never actually have used. You never cocoa use cocoa butter, butter dude. No, dude. Oh. I got, I got I got naturally effervescent skin, dude. Dude, you need to go out buy some cocoa butter, dude. I mean, I could do that. It smells like. Does it smell like chocolate? Uh, you can get like a uh, uh, chocolate, you know, scent cocoa butter. I like. Well, I mean, does it does it naturally smell? I don't want artificially scent it. It's like because it's chocolate. It right? has, it's it's cocoa. like its own unique smell to it. I can't even describe it. It's like. Cocoa I, if it doesn't like, smell like chocolate, I'm going to be disappointed because that's kind of what I thought it was all yeah. along. <laughs> you put a little on your skin, eat a little bit, smear it on your skin, you know. I used to have co- coffee-scented cocoa butter. I used to put that shit on my face. I smell like coffee all day. I'd be awake. Yeah, I'm pretty sure I walked in your room a couple times and <laughs> just applied cocoa butter. So I'm like, I'm going to leave now. I'll come back later. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looks like you're having a little bit of a private moment over here. Like, uh, that cocoa butter, man, is the secret to success. Success. It's true. If I can, you know that jacket DJ Khaled was wearing, like that like red, like lambskin jacket? Like if maybe the secret to all that success, that swag overload is cocoa butter. I mean, maybe that's all that I've been missing. Maybe then the bit will flip. I, it's worth a try. It is worth a try. Everything's worth a try, people. Try everything once. <laughs> worth a try, dude. Maybe Another not one, more than dude. once. Another one. <laughs> Another one. <laughs> so then you'll give the uh, you'll give the synopsis on the stuff and then yeah. we'll just jump into yep. it. We'll figure it out. Synopsis. Synopsis. Get that sauce, that synopsis, dude. The Unwise Index, we a dozen episodes in. Episode 12 starts right now. Well, not a dozen episodes in. Another one. 11 episodes. This is our 12th (laughs) in. So if you want to be technical about it, you can probably, whatever. Nobody nobody likes a pedant. Yeah, Um, I mean. One half of your hosts, Akshay, joined by Monik. What up, Monik? What up, what up? Special cloth alert coming at you. Special cloth alert. So um, you're going to just, anybody on the podcast, just fair warning, we're going to be using a lot of DJ Khaled memes probably for the next, like, 50 episodes. Just yeah, probably we forever, this, dude. Probably forever. <laughs> uh, we watched this amazing interview. Watch the DJ Khaled, like, type in, like, DJ Khaled best interview ever into YouTube. Um, it's one where he's wearing, like, this amazing red, like, leather jacket, lambskin jacket. Just watch that. Make your day better. 100% better. A lot better. And a Snapchat, dude. Subscribe to the Snapchat. He's all about positivity and success. Positivity. Like, I'm not even on Snapchat, and I've never been compelled to get on Snapchat, but now I actually kind of feel like I need to be on Snapchat. Yeah, it's funny stuff, man. Wait, are you on Snapchat? I'm on Snapchat, yeah. Do you snap? I, I own Snap. I just I just watch. <laughs> you just watch. You're <laughs> a snap lurker? Snaps, dude. I, I, sna- I like follow as many people as I can and see what they're up to, but I don't, I don't snap myself, no. I'm not, and about that, dude. Privacy, you know, man. I want that? my life private. But can't you? You can share selectively on Snapchat, right? Oh, that's true. You can, but I, I just find like the, the idea of Snapchat. It's funny because I use it because other people are posting there, but I find just like the inherent idea of I'm going to snap a picture. 
and like pictures were originally envisioned as something or videos, you keep mementos or videos, for, or videos, right? You keep it, you share it, you share it with your children, mm-hmm. you look back at it, you know, to reminisce. But this shit disappears. I ain't about that life. I want to take a picture and keep that thing. <laughs> like it's like that's true. It's fundamentally opposed to what I uh, what I want to do when I take pictures. And you know. so you're you're more you're like fundamentally morally opposed to Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. I got it. Okay, moving on. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't mean I didn't mean to insult you like that. Know, no no man. offense no offense it's man. Crazy Snapchat. So how's the week been, dude? One week. It's been a pretty good week. You know, uh, it's it's been a little hectic, but it's, it's you know sunny in California. Birds are chirping. It's good. It's like it's like I don't know what season it's supposed to be in this side of the world, but it feels like like late late spring. But again, I think just because the country's so goddamn big, someone can correct me on this. Like, feel free to like fact check me here. I think like West Coast is like like fundamentally different in terms of like what season it feels like because of like where it is on the Earth relative to like the East Coast and the Midwest. That might be wrong, but it feels like it feels like late spring. It's it is probably great. true. It's something to do with that. You know, Earth's been spinning, dude. They keep Earth spinning. spinning. Keep, keep spinning, spinning, dude. <laughs> it's not gonna stop. Hopefully, it doesn't stop. It don't stop. Uh, it don't stop. You I'm can't not stop sure. Yeah, I have to read up on my uh, climate books um, back from college. <laughs> on your climate books, <laughs> dude. I had a climate book. <laughs> the ones dude. you've got right dude, there on your I, coffee table. I know table. all about clouds, dude. You got stratus clouds, cumulus clouds, cumulonimbus clouds, which are thunderstorm clouds, cumulus. cirrus clouds, which are like oh, the wispy clouds you see in the air. The hell. How do you know? Did you, you, did you prepare for this shit? No, dude. I just I just know things, dude. Special cloth alert, dude. <laughs> Special cloth alert. Read about the clouds. <laughs> you a genius. <laughs> you are. I mean, it sounded like a genius right now. You, <laughs> no. you listed off hundred like hundred and fifty percent more clouds than I knew existed. Yeah, you a genius. See, when you see heavy rains, dude, that's a, that's stratus clouds. Oh, that's uh, a game. Heavy rain, or is that a movie? A heavy rain's a game. Is that a game? It's a game. It's did a game slash movie. It's a game slash movie. It's you a play movie that oh, you can play. Oh man. My mind is being blown right now. <laughs> so you've been playing games this past week? Street Fighter Five, dude. Visited some of our buddies out in the West. Special Shoryuken alert. Yeah, dude. Um, I have not had the chance to really dive in, but uh, our friend Mango's, uh, you know, he's, he's feeling himself a little bit. He's getting all right at that game. But, you know, I need to get my fight stick, my official Hori Buttons, Japanese-endorsed, premium, authentic fight stick, which is like the arcade panel that you can play with as opposed to, like, you know, regular PS4 is controller. With shipping from Japan? Which, no, I, it's shipping from, I think, like, no. But, like, I'd like to tell people it is. So don't, if anybody asks you, just just tell them it's from Japan. All right. I want only uh, American-made yeah. fight sticks, dude. I don't want American-made fight sticks, dude. Like, what? Yeah. Well, I love America, but it's like, don't get me wrong. Like, Donald Trump, please, <laughs> listen, don't get me wrong. I love America, but I, I mean, fight sticks, you got to go with the Japanese fight sticks, dude. The craftsmanship. Like, I'm sure some Zen monk, like, made this shit. Like, What you trying to say? You said Americans can't craft things well? Uh, pause, pause. I didn't, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I'm great. I think Things the company is Mad Cats. A lot, which, <laughs> did you ever use like Mad Cats controllers as a kid, like on the N64 and shit? Yeah, yeah, I used to use those. They yeah. always sucked, right? They were always terrible. But somehow Mad Cats has now gotten this reputation for making good, like being like the good like arbiter of like fight sticks and like Japanese tech and like getting into the American market. They used to suck. Yeah, but the things with the Mad Cats controllers, like they always used to hype up that you got, you know, buttons that could do multiple inputs. Yeah, like would break time. the game. But the issue was it's like the Mad Cats controller I got. I was really excited about that feature. It had like these rubber things on the sides when you grip the controller and Mad Cats, yo, when I'm playing, I'm snacking. So I'm snacking on some yeah, Cheetos. It's true, it's true. And, like, I got Cheeto dust on the damn rubber portion of the Mad Cats controller where all other controllers are smooth and sleek and I can just wipe that stuff off. It's true. It's like, obviously nobody put this in the hands of an actual gamer. Hashtag gamer. You know? Because the, the first thing that gamer would have asked is, like, where are the Cheetos at? <laughs> yeah, um, exactly right. Where are the Cheetos at, yo? Um, but 5-6 coming in soon? 
Vice's coming in soon. That's like I kind of view like I'm trying to be a pad warrior right now, which means using just like the default D-pad directional pad on the PS4 controller. Got a little bit of a callus on my thumb. Yeah. Um, I ain't about that life, dude. I got to keep my, you know, gifted hands, dude. I got to keep my hands safe. <laughs> it's um, so I think that's actually like, you know, it's like in addition to seeming like a cool kid who's using an arcade style controller, I think it actually like helps you like prevent um, like hand injuries, man, which is like no joke, you know. Yeah, it's no joke. It, it might it might promote wrist injuries though instead. So I, I mean, hashtag trade offs about that hashtag carpal tunnel that I was getting. That's why I built that mechanical keyboard though. Does that actually help your carpal? Like, does that help? Is that yeah? My pain's actually decreased quite a bit, honestly, since I've been using it. Really? Yeah, it's actually worked. I've heard like the biggest thing is like how you position your hands, like you know having like a rest for your wrists right. and like you know whether you're above the keys or below the keys, like that's the biggest thing, right? Yeah, I got a, I got a wooden palm rest on delivery from Mass Drop coming in about a month. Pretty excited. Drop the mass. Um, you still on that Mass Drop? You still using that? I'm using it occasionally. I, I browse still. I'm still a browser. Lurking on Snapchat, lurking on Mass Drop. You're just lurking everywhere. I got this uh, geisha door from my apartment recently. Pretty nice. Yeah, I, I saw that. Why? Why? What was the reason for well, that? The thing is, like, I live in a studio in New York, and like, it's a quite small space, right? And what I was looking online, like, how do I make this space like feel better? And what I realized, the biggest issue with my space is like one long, not only one long space, but it's like there's no visual break between each any of these sections. So yeah, I figured if I introduce jarring. a visual break, then I can actually like compartmentalize different sections of the room, and it just feels better, and actually does feel a ton better by just putting in this like door in between my my bed and where I, my futon is and actually feels like much more of a kind of a one bedroom so i'm conflicted here because on one hand like i under like the aesthetic sensibilities seem strong it seems like this is a this is a thing that would that helps organize your life organize your right. room you know makes you feel better right um but on the other hand you're putting up boundaries dude you're putting up dividers and i can't endorse that so that's true man all boundaries know. boundaries are conventions yo that's that cloud atlas quote but it's true. You, I think you remain the only person I know who liked that movie. <laughs> that movie is amazing. That's another, I mean, shout out. Anyone, uh, if you want to watch, if you want to cry a little bit. <laughs> if anyone liked that movie, Monica will automatically give you either $5 or an internship with the Unwise Index. True. If you like that movie, marketing, automatic friend. We, we said we have no applications yet for the marketing intern position, FYI. So that's still open. But uh, we're going to give you a trick. If you put that on your resume that you like Cloud Atlas, we, we, might, we might do some favors. We might rise you to the top of the pile. There's no pile yet, but if there were a pile, you'd be at the top. Well, on his pile, I might still veto that shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, haven't seen, I haven't seen the movie. I haven't you seen it watch yet. watch it, man. It's good. It's real good. It's one of those movies that's like perennially on my like, I should watch this at some point when I have a whole day and I don't want to do anything else. And like, you know, maybe halfway through that day, I'm just like, let me spend like three hours and watch this movie that's like all over the map. Yeah, I mean, you're a Wachowski fan, so... I, I, that's true. I'm a Wachowski fan. So like... Know, Is it Wachowski? Really Isn't it Wachowski with a ch? I'm not sure. Not sure. Well, I mean, if anybody knows the answer to that, please, please chime in. Let please us let us know. Let us know. <laughs> um, okay, so that's a, that's a solid week. You know, a little bit of gaming, a little bit of working. Yeah, you know, nothing, nothing too exciting, nothing too exceptional. What about you? Anything like of note happened this past week? Like any uh, besides the work and the yeah? So and some stuff? interesting things happening at work. You know, I'm on. I can't can't be chit chatting about that stuff just yet. But you know, special cloth mm-hmm. alert coming up potentially. Yep. Um, <laughs> but past weekend was fun. We had a couple of friends visiting, um, and we went out for a bit. I took them uh, first time to their. Uh, they've been to Bushwick. 
Explain Bushwick to me because I don't quite under I don't know like I've heard the name but like what is the vibe of Bushwick as someone who's yeah, not from so New like, York doesn't know so it. So like in New York, do different time periods as undergrown like different sections of New York have uh, you know appeal to kind of the artsy hipsterish kind of creative group of people, right? So previously it was Williamsburg and Williamsburg still hat retains that some amount, but you know it, they've kind of forced a lot of the true creatives out. And people, once they're forced out of Williamsburg, a lot of people have moved to like Greenpoint or Bushwick or Gowanus or, you know, Flushing. Um, so Bushwick is one of these areas where you have still a very diverse community, but also a pretty strong community of artists and creative types trying to live their life, you know, trying to have a good time. And it usually creates a lot of interesting events versus like the bullshit you see in Manhattan, which is I walk in, pay like a $15 cover to a space where I can barely move like one foot, right? Um, hey, just, don't judge me in my taste. <laughs> yeah, it's like, and it's like blaring Avicii for like five hours straight. Like I can't, I ain't about that life no oh, more. Oh man. Um, so, so a lot of the times when I'm going out, I'm going out in these other areas which are less populated, have slightly more interesting events. The drinks are cheaper. The covers cheaper. The music is slightly. Where more where is it? Geogra- like, is it, it where is it in? It's in Brooklyn. Where is it's it? Which in, of the boroughs? Like east uh, east of Williamsburg. Got it. Yeah yeah. A lot of people like it's kind of sometimes it is a track, but luckily where I'm living in Manhattan, it's not too far. It's about like 20, 25 minutes on the subway. So I go out there, not often. I ain't, I ain't, a, I don't party very often. Do I all that things to do, man? But when I do go out, I'm usually going there. So I took them out for the first time in Bushwick. We went to this place called the House of Yes. Really, really fucking uh, uh, awesome dance spot. So it's in this huge warehouse with two sections, and there were um, aerial aerialists. I think that's the word, like performance artists from the walls and like jumping around. And it was animal themed, so people were like in tiger costumes and lions and uh, like crows and stuff and like jumping around dancing and then playing like some kind of future house music so you stayed there for a bit some people weren't digging the music but that's that's a that's not a me prob that's a they prob right that's a they problem that's a they prob right so i, I mean if you have, don't like the music you can just look at all the animals and the visual I'm saying, thing man, you know so visuals audio man. visual crazy visuals crazy visuals so you got crazy visuals over here, blasting multiple projectors, performance artists all over the place. And I was dancing over there. But then uh, we stayed there for a few hours and then we went a block away. And this is the cool thing about Bushwick is literally every block there's something kind of odd and interesting going on. So we went to this other lounge called Lot 45. And what this place has, it has like a ping pong table in the front, which is, you know, fine. But in the back, it's another hip hop dance party, but they're playing movies on all of the walls. So all of the walls had The Shining playing you know stanley kubrick's film oh. it's a really fucking weird experience of like watching the shining while dancing to kanye <laughs> like that is like very odd so, like, <laughs> that's i, I was like that's some that's some artistic juxtaposition i know right yeah so i was like entranced by watching the shining because i've never seen it before um so i actually just like watched the entire like watched most of the movie there were they um, were they playing the life of pablo uh they didn't play, no, they didn't play any tracks sadly they were playing old school um I was, right. I was waiting for it I'm, I'm waiting for the clubs to start playing some life of pablo but um, so that was interesting. So that's what I did last weekend. So kind of two unique Bushwick experiences. Recommend both. If anyone wants to support House of Yes or Lot 45 or check it out, I highly recommend it because I think that that's um, one of the two better dance v- venues I've been to in New York uh, in the past few months. Awesome. Yeah. I, I mean, like, for those of you that like dancing and like Bushwicks, <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, it's, 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 these places sound interesting. Like, you don't see as many of those sorts of, like, places uh, I think outside of New York, where it's like you just like there's like bizarro but cool stuff happening. It's like yeah. there's these two things you wouldn't expect to be like slammed together, but they are. Yeah, no, I had a good time. 
if you had Snapchat, somebody could have taken a compilation and just like taken like a like a like a collage of all the shit you were doing and, <laughs> and sent it out to all your fans, man. But you know, just dance, dude. What's that one? Just dance. What's that? What's that dance movie that everyone talks about? I don't even remember. Dirty Dancing. <laughs> Not Dirty Dancing, dude. The one, oh, the one with Channing Tatum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the name is escaping. Oh, um, Magic Mike. Is that it? Oh, okay. There's a couple dance movies. Yo, There's at I, least a couple dance movies out there. I don't know which one. If if work fails, podcast fails, I'm going into dancing, dude. Backup dancer. Yeah. <laughs> backup dancer for for which artist would you want to be a backup dancer? Um, Jay Biebs. Jay Biebs. Um, I don't. You know, I've watched a couple videos, music videos of Jay Biebs. Let me just say that stuff is going to win some. The Oscars are tonight, I believe. JB's videos, watch out. I think that's the Trojan horse here. He's going to win some shit for those videos, um, like next level stuff. He's going to be the next king of pop, dude, and I, I, I can scout oh. that stuff. So, But in those videos, I don't know if I've seen him really dancing around like Chris Brown style. I don't know. Does he dance? He doesn't dance. He has backup dancers, though. Okay, so he's not actually dancing with them. They're just no. do, they're doing the dancing, and he's just being JB's, yeah. which is what you would expect. Yeah. Um, it's not a bad fallback strategy. <laughs> it's, not a, it's not a bad one. So we had some big news this past week. Big news? Yeah. These, uh, so like the big sort of, I guess we can transition into like our, our topic du jour, um, which is sort of the, the Apple versus the FBI encryption battle royale. Um, and I think like we've both read up a bit about this. We like by no means have an exhaustive take, but wanted to discuss a little bit on this week's show. Yeah. Um, so I can just run down like sort of the, the crux of it as I see it, if that's cool. Yeah, break it down, break it down. Cool. Um, So, you know, horrific, you know, de facto terrorist attack happened in San Bernardino. um, And the FBI is obviously like super involved trying to figure out like motivations. And the key bit is they're trying to figure out like, are there wider implications? Are there other attacks or other things that could be on the phones of these people that um, that committed the attacks, this couple? Um, And the key that like the item in question, again, there's lots of details here that we can kind of go down, but like the, the some of it is like this guy has a work phone, which is an iPhone 5C, um, which is like a phone from three, four years ago. Um, and they like want to get the details on that phone, but effectively how it's set is um, it's set in like a way where if you, it has a four digit code. So this is before iPhones with like the touch ID and like a piece of technology they call the secure enclave, which would actually make it much harder to get some of this information. Yeah. But it's on the iPhone 5C. Uh, and like, Effectively, what happens is if you put the wrong passcode in, which is like that four-digit passcode, 10 times, um, the phone will wipe, Yeah. right? And so, like, what the FBI is asking is, like, like, we want to get the information on that phone. Apple, like, how can we do it? And Apple actually gave a couple recommendations. They're like, easiest thing you can probably do, since, like, we can tell if the phone has been backed up to iCloud, is, like, go to, the, go to a Wi-Fi network where you think this phone, like, knows about, like, can automatically pair and leave it plugged in overnight and let it back up if it's set to back up. We don't know if it's set to back up. The FBI doesn't know if it's set to back up. Yeah. But, like, see if that'll work. And if it pushes the data to the cloud, then Apple has the encryption key to get that data. Yeah. But what Apple is saying is, like, we can't, like, you know, sort of brute force through the phone and get the data that's on the phone itself. Like, we don't have the ability to do that. Um, yeah. Like, we have the ability to get the data once it's pushed elsewhere. Um, and, like, if you could get into the phone, like, maybe it's a different story, but, like, um, effectively what the FBI is asking for, and like this is like this cause for debate, is they're saying, hey, like just this one time, given like that we don't want the phone to be wiped and there could be information on here pertaining to like the terrorist case or like other cases, like how about you write a custom build of iOS yeah. that allows us to 
um, override the fact that like the data would get wiped. So like you could you could so what you what they're saying is like in like the technical piece here to consider is like you could install a new operating system on the phone yeah. without affecting the underlying data. So they're saying like load a new version of the operating system on the phone. The data is untouched. Yeah. That would allow us to get into the phone and mess around with it. And like what Apple is saying is like this is a very dangerous precedent if we were to do this. A like we don't know like. And they've been kind of fuzzy on this point. Like, they, like some people say, like they could totally do this because it's the iPhone 5C, um, and it's like before the Touch ID stuff and yeah. like the secure enclave stuff. Um, but they're saying like we don't want to do this. We don't want to like basically put out into the world a build of iOS that we know is compromised, um, even if it's just for this one phone. Because a, it opens up the door for you and other law enforcement agencies to do it. Like asking us to write software for you um, that would allow you to like get information you can't get with products as they exist in the world. Um, and b, if that sort of thing got out into the open, like by any means, like uh, that would be like an incredible like incredibly bad thing for like you know any malicious actor trying yeah. to get information off of an iOS device. Yeah, they're, they're treating it like a slippery slope, right? They're like once once this happens, the future is is poor. Yep, that's in that and that's it. So like I guess like first question to you, like yeah. what do you like who do you, who whose side are you coming down on here? Like what do you think? So I'm it, this is a <laughs> and obviously it's a tough subject. I mean it, it's a balance between you know no amount of public safety is worth losing one shred of privacy, right? Or you believe that any amount of public privacy can be sacrificed to get some level of public safety. Um, yep. And they're like too great. And there's a gradient here. And I think a lot of people with Apple are falling on the side of, you know, privacy is, uh, it cannot be attacked by any methodology. And um, it, by doing that, you're putting the good of, or the benefit of a few versus the benefit of all, uh, in a sense. And on the other side, um, the people who are for it kind of say that, you know, what are you talking about? This is a safety issue. Um, this is, um, we should be completely able to do this. So I, I don't know if, I don't know where I personally fall in this grading. I think the variables for me are, I lean towards public safety versus privacy. But the concern I have is the ability to sacrifice some privacy to get safety requires you know input from the FBI from the government from the powers that be and my concern is I don't trust these groups and organizations right now and I think that they're not on the moral ground to use the uh, use that ability correctly and it sets a precedent for other governments and uh, that are even far uh, more uh, morally reprehensible than the US government to use that quite poorly um, so I, I do feel that when Tim Cook states this is setting a precedent and it sets a slippery slope for intrusion by the state on uh, private information of their citizens, I think that's a real fear. But at the same time, we must be we must be confident to say that you know there are times where that type of thinking of just no, it's it's private. Uh, you can't you can't fight against that. It's kind of stupid because if people's lives are directly and immediately in danger, or if you if you use a thought experiment of you know, you'll know your loved one um, is in danger and someone's phone has that information or their household has that information. We can get a search warrant into their household to find that information, to get access, to learn about where your loved one is at. Shouldn't we have that same type of, uh, shouldn't our, our FBI apparatus have that same functionality to make that happen in the case of technology? Now, the concern is now in the, the ramifications of producing this in a technology viewpoint bleeds into this slippery slope argument, which I just don't know enough about because I feel that, you know, is it really true to say that Apple can't protect this type of software? Is it, are they really 
selling a doomsday where, uh, you know, maybe they could create this, create this actually for, as the FBI states, just for this one device um, and then restrict its usage or find ways to restrict its usage. I don't know what can be done there. Um, so I, well, I, I think, well, I think yeah. one compelling point is like, and so the FBI said like, we'll come to you if you want to do it in your labs or like you could do it like at our place, we come to your house, we can do it at our house. Um, but I think like a, a point that like someone, I forget who mentioned, but like I think Tim Cook it, like alluded to is like, like, think about the fact that, like, governments, like, these central agencies have not been able to hold on to, like, there have been data leaks, right? Edward yeah. Snowden, like, Bradley Manning, like, like even if you said this was safe and secure instead of FBI control, and, like, it was only for one phone, like, I don't, like, do we have total confidence that that thing won't get out there? Like, yeah. th- this sort of, like, compromised version of iOS? Like, putting it out there into the world, I think, like, what Tim Cook was saying is, like, you can never really be 100% sure it's going to stay within the control of the powers that you think it will, you know? Yeah. Yeah, so I think that's a concern, and you, when, as you said, when you juxtapose that with the current trust we have for government organizations here and abroad, like that becomes even more that slippery slope seems like it'll be an eventuality, which I believe in in Tim's Cook view. And if you take the extreme of it, you know, twenty, thirty years down the road, like right now, what is the only way we can have something truly private is like the contents of our own mind. Like I share something something with you in private, and if you don't share with anyone else the only place it stays is in our minds. And that's really the only private spot we have in our lives. Like um, we can't even think of, you know, making a a room in our house private because someone can get a search warrant and enter that house. And it's kind of unthinkable to think that, you know, there are areas in our life that are fully private outside of our own mind. But let's say we get to a point where uh, there is a, a, a domestic threat and someone knows the information in their mind to actually uh, influence the the result of this threat, you know, should the government be able to actually have that privacy-breaking um, ability to scan the contents of my consciousness to actually reveal the information? Minority Report shit, right? dude. Like, and, and so we have to, like, I yeah. think we have to, like, tread super carefully on where it ends, but... Well, I, I think, think what you're... Yeah. So, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. So I think, like, we not only tread carefully... On, uh, because it can be abused in many ways, but the setting of precedent is, uh, I mean, I, I do think it's a slippery slope, but I think for this specific example, I don't have enough details on the technology side of things to see how terrible it could be. But I'm willing to give Apple the benefit of the doubt that they are treating it as a serious threat rather than a marketing uh, push for them to say, oh, we're protecting our consumers' privacy, so on and so forth. A lot of people have thrown against them as what they're doing. Yeah, um, I think there are a couple points that I heard made elsewhere that are like, kind of like pretty compelling. Um, the first was, uh, so like accidental, there's a podcast, Accidental Tech Podcast, ATP. Um, John Syracuse made a good point about like, if you think about the last 20, 30 years, especially since post 9-11, like it's been kind of unidirectional in terms of like folks giving up more and more of their privacy and civil liberties or accepting more and more overreach. Like, you know, agencies believe yeah. like they are effectively entitled to as much information as they need to make, you know, the intelligence that they want or to like gain the intelligence that they want. Um, and like we just sort of like there's, there's there hasn't been sort of a regression, right? This this idea that there will be eventually like a pushback, like if things go out of line or like eventually we'll like course correct, like when we feel a little bit safer, like we haven't seen any indication that that's going to happen. It's been purely in one direction, right? It's well, like we don't know. More like, we don't know over. that the, the violation of personal privacy hasn't led to some degrees of public safety, like we don't know. Oh, no, no, no. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that we don't, okay. that it hasn't been helpful. I'm saying, but like there are some folks who would argue that 
well, if, like this is this is temporary. This apparatus, the security and surveillance apparatus, is temporary, mm-hmm. and eventually we can roll it back when we are in a safer mode of society. And like, what his argument is is like, I think that's like he thinks that that's implicit in some people's opinion of this. Like, we're doing this in extraneous, you know, in, in extraneous cases or just temporarily. Yeah. And he's like saying like, no, there's like long term precedent. Like, think about 40, 50 years from now when people are born and raised, right. and this is just the norm, right? Like. Right. Like there are principles upon which this country was founded, and like you can deviate from those to a point where like everybody just gets used to the deviation, right? Yeah. Um, and like th- this is an example of like you could, you could start to like a, like an example of that beyond just like you know, things that existed prior to this case uh, in like sort of the NSA FBI realm are like, what if it becomes a precedent that like a government can get an organization to write a piece of software to compromise its own devices, you yeah. know, security parameters, yeah. like. That is not something that organizations can currently compel companies to do. Like right, right. you can't say like we're, you, you know like like a, a good analogy he made was like you can't you know you have the right to just you know like the court can't compel you to self-incriminate when you're in like a an actual courtroom right like you have the Fifth Amendment yeah. um, like they can't compel you to talk when you don't want to talk like you have the right to be silent right. and like. There's like the, like the ability the the ability to compel does not mean the right to compel right? right the right to compel or the right to order and so in this case like just because Apple could write a piece of software or a future organization could write a piece of software that could potentially help an organization trying to do something in the realm of national security or law enforcement like does that mean they have the right to make this organization write that piece of software do that work perform that work yeah and that's why they think like this will only be resolved um, through legal means and you know Tim yeah. Cook has said he's willing to go all the way to the Supreme Court on this one right? yeah yeah, no, I so. think that's, that's 100% accurate because the, the one concern is what it means for corporations to be compelled to do things. And Tim Cook was worried, like, what, what happens if they ask, you know, we want you to write software that turns on the video camera so I can see the snaps that Monik's about to take. <laughs> like, you can, there, it, can, it can go, there's one aspect down that road which needs to be answered and the other aspect is... Well, also just volume. Like, like, all these, like all these law enforcement agencies are like, we got like 20 iPhones here ready to go. So whenever you're done with that one, come over to us. Right, you right. Know? So that, I mean, that's scary to think that uh, corporations could be compelled to do certain things like that by... Uh, a government that can, you know, change from, uh, you know, Obama to Ted Cruz in a matter of a year, right? <laughs> like, hey, what are you saying, man? What are you saying uh, about my boy uh, Raphael Cruz? I was just saying, Raphael, look crazy, little crazy. But but the other concern is on the the opposing front is let's say they are compelled to do that, um, like the definition of privacy will change as years go by, and uh, you made a statement like the the kids in you know twenty years from now they grow up like their definition of privacy will be very different, and I think. Uh, what they can consider private between them and others will be very different. And that, I think, is probably the scariest reality because I think that that is a um, not only, I mean, yeah, maybe you can claim that, you know, public safety will be better, so on and so forth, but, I, and civil society might be better when everything, if the government is acting in the best interest of the citizens and they're using this data appropriately to reduce crime, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But my concern is living and, uh, you know, growing in a world where your definition of privacy is almost non-existent means yeah. that your ability to express yourself, uh, you might not be doing anything terrible, but there are times where we think about thoughts or express thoughts or convey thoughts with uh, understanding that there's some privacy in, enacted in that space. And I think that if you don't know what that means as like a concept, I think the, the way people think will be radically different. Um, the way they cre- convey their creativity will be radically different. And I think that is even the scarier outcome is like um, a, a world where a child does not know what is privacy, um, I think would have tremendous ramifications in how he or she lives their life. Um, so, yeah. No, I would agree with that. Like it, like the implications, like 
you know, it's like a, it's a, it's an interesting thought experiment because it's like maybe, you know, it would be a better society, like you know, in aggregate, like if yeah. everybody acted in a way like, what is it? It's almost like like a like a Kantian idea, right? It's like if everybody was aware of everything that everybody was thinking and doing, and like It'd be the Borg, dude, upon. hashtag Borg. Yeah, like effectively, it's like you know this sort of like you act as if what you did was seen by everybody because it will be. Or, like, heard by everybody because it will be yeah. if they want to listen. Um, like, you know, the effective reality might be that there's so much, you know, cacophony like there is sort of today where it's like nobody really cares about what you're saying unless they're, like, keyed into you, right? right. Um, but they could go back and see what you said if they ever got an interest in you, right? You have, like, a log of everything you've ever done. Um, and, like, I agree with you. Like, that maybe that – like, a part of me is, like, maybe that makes people more responsible, more like more, like, societally viable, like, yeah. in terms of their actions. Like, they're, like, people are less prone to be, like – you know, selfish, incre- you know, like terrible people. I don't know. But like, you know, the opposite side that I think you hit on very pointedly is like, what does that mean for like, I think creative thought, I think like generative thought, yeah. like how do you like, you know, like explore ideas in your own space? Like if you don't have the ability to do that, like I feel like that's a that's an incredible loss for like mankind. Yeah, it's like um, <laughs> human nature, dude. Michael Jackson, tell him that it's human nature. Yeah, you gotta be, you gotta be able to go into the corner by yourself at times and just like, think or, or act w- without like oversight, like, like sort of the, the, par- the paralysis that comes with, with oversight of any sort, like right. even if it's just like simple you perception just, you know by it's others. There. You know it's there yep, and that you know just there. knowing it's there, you might not be doing anything wrong, but it'll influence what you do. Um, yeah. Which I think is, is, uh, would be a terrible future. Um, so I mean, yeah, like right now I'm, I'm, I'm definitely leaning towards, um, definitely leaning towards Apple. Um, but I think a lot of it is, you know, I, 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 the the FBI has made a strong case saying that what they don't know what they'll uncover, right? They're just assuming that what they'll uncover will lead to um, an improvement in public safety, uh, but that doesn't seem very strong. And I think that the strength of the opposing argument, meaning that you build this key or this back door uh, or this ribbon cutter, right, uh, uh, that article you had shared, um, it seems that it is much more likely that that'll be abused versus uh, the police actually benefiting from viewing what's on this phone. Yeah, it's like beyond just like the ability for abuse, which I think is like a, you know, very clear concern, I think a central one. It's just the precedent, right? It's like you could compel, I think that's the thing that speaks to me the most is like that you could compel an organization to write, to perform work that it would otherwise not perform because you need something built that enables you to get information. Like oh. that that ability to compel and order to like build something that would otherwise not exist, I think is... Um, is like is is really like the most concerning bit for me. It's like what is what does that sort of mean? But in the interplay between like the state and every other actor in in this country, um, and I I think like that is probably like I think like just in like a very tangible way. Like Tim Cook is probably thinking, like oh shit. Like if we have to do this like every time any random agency wants something from an iPhone, like that's gonna yeah. happen like every freaking day. Yeah. And so like someone is like I would bet like. You know, I bet a whole lot of money right now that Tim Cook has made a like you know a top priority in Apple. Like, make sure that on like the next iPhone, like we're already going down this route, but like accelerate all privacy related stuff, like all encryption related stuff. So like it is impossible for us to even do this going forward, right? right, right. Like if, if it's if it's possible, it gets to a point where like we couldn't even get the data if we wanted to. That's an ideal state for Apple. And Apple is like you know an interesting company among all of its peers because it personally doesn't benefit from really having 
data at the level of like a Facebook or a Google, right? right it right. sells devices. Yeah. It makes, you know, it, it, that, that's where it gets its money. Like, yes, it needs some level of information about like your habits and stuff for Siri to work well or for like it's, you know, different AI related stuff to do, but it's very different than it trying to build a profile of you and store it, which um, I think puts it at an interesting position in this debate. I think it allows it to be here uh, where it is and like hold, hold credibility like it has. Um, so, yeah, you know, I, I think it's an important step and I think it's an important, uh, you know, sort of position that Apple's in particularly. Yeah. So. I mean, the other concern is that, um, I mean, we see cases of the government able to compel people to do things currently via court order, right? Um, so I, I think the main, the main concern is um, if Apple claims this technology can be built, this is another question that I had, is like if Apple claims this technology can be built, but they don't want to be compelled to build it because they fear what precedent it would set, if they fear uh, what it could lead to in terms of reduction in privacy for billions of people who use their devices. What's preventing someone else from building this technology right now? Is it is it is it true to say that only Apple can build this because they have deep knowledge of what the OS is internally at I, Apple? I but... think that's probably effectively true. Like maybe it's okay. potentially possible somebody else could, um, but like maybe not. Like so so like a point beyond this is like let's say Apple like makes this case and like shuts it down completely, right? Like let's say like. They avoid having to do this, and then, like, they say going forward, like, no future iPhones can even even have this ability, right? Right. Like, with sort of the, like, the way in which, like, data is stored, like, we couldn't even get that data if we wanted to. Like, yeah. on, and, like, that, I think that's kind of almost possible or almost the case right now with the secure enclave, which is, like, the thing that backs Touch ID yeah. um, and, like, all data on the phone. Like, it's it's separate from iOS. Like, it's actually a separate piece of technology on the phone. Um, but, like, what, like... Do, 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 does law enforcement, do the powers that be get so frustrated? They like, do people try to outlaw encryption then? Like what radical right. thing happens, right, 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 right? Right, right? Like, like if you swing the pendulum too far in one direction where they get so frustrated with tech companies or the state of ability to get information off of, of consumer electronics, like do they try to do something really crazy at the central government later, level, you know? Yeah. You just never know. That's the concern. Through, through it's like, like legal order. I mean, maybe we'll come to a time where the government is relatively benign and <laughs> has never, um, across any more made any moral mistakes but we're not there yet um uh and that it's like you can't give them uh, what's that kanye song no one man should have all that power dude no one yeah. man should have all, no that one man should have all that power all these people at the end of the day like that's the thing yeah. um that was another great point that uh john syracuse made he's like this sort of like like from, from somehow they veered into like this discussion about like whether there's this kind of conspiracy among people that would use this power deceptively and like the illuminati and he's like he's like i think about the illuminati from time to time and then i realize that they would just have to be people at the end of the day and like it could never work yeah. like there, there could yeah. never be that many people that agree about that many things geopolitically like it just wouldn't work <laughs> yeah it's like yeah, it's a good that's a good counterpoint. Yeah. But they probably still exist, dude. They're watching us right now. They're watching, dude. They're watching that Facebook. They want chat. they want us to think it's not possible for them to exist. So <laughs> they want it. <laughs> that's my life goal though. If there's an Illuminati, I want to be part of it. I hope they have a really sweet logo. If they have like a great logo, like a great brand, like yeah. I'd love to be a part of the Illuminati. If they don't have like a sweet triangle logo thing going on, I'm actually not that interested. Yeah. Well, oh, did you hear about uh, the uh, the Illuminati group that Scalia was a part of? Oh, the hunters, like the yeah. hunting well, order R. of like Scalia, 1886. R.I.P. Scalia, first off. Yeah, man. I, um, you know. A real dude, dude was Dude was a polarizing figure, but. Polarizing figure, but brilliant, right? 
Yeah, I mean, obviously, I, every time I heard him speak, I was actually quite, like, I was like, yeah, this dude's a really smart dude. Yeah, but apparently he was, like, before he passed away, he was, like, on a hunting group with this, like, 500-year-old organization of all-male yeah. hunters like some, like, who German wear, like, green Duke. robes and shit. Like, what? Yeah, there's, like, this, it's, like, it dates back to, like, the 1600s or 1500s, and there's, like, this German duke who's, like, still the formal head. Like, it's some, it's some like, weird old order stuff. Yeah, that's that, that was scary when I saw that. Yeah, I mean, like, part of me wonders, like, was he a part of that group or was he just like, yo, these guys have access to the best hunting grounds, like a private plane, so I'm just going to hang with them, you know? Apparently, I, I read I heard conflicting reports. I heard one report that he was part of the group, another report that he was just joining them for the hunt. Um, so I'm not sure. The wild hunt, dude. The wild hunt. <laughs> Scalia. Yeah, man. Featured so in The Witcher 4. That safety, yo, man. I want to be safe, though, man. That's, the, that's, a real, that's a real truth, man. I want to I I mean, be able to enjoy my wine. Play some games. Yeah. Hang out with some friends. Make sure everyone's doing well in the world. And if you got to read some of my texts to make it happen, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I think you definitely are more comfortable with it than some of our friends. Yeah. Yeah. But I agree. I mean, like, the, the foundational piece of, like, why we have a society, you could argue, is, like, going back to, like, you know, prehistoric tribal arrangements is, like, to guarantee security for groups of people. Right. Like, that's... To, you know, don't want to get eaten by a lion. It's like have somebody on watch. It's like you know, like it's 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 a very visceral thing, and I think like you know, it's 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 something that could be, it's on the precipice of manipulation all the time, right? It's like you know, like we can do this for safety. Like you care about safety. Everyone cares about safety. Yeah. Um, because it's just always at the forefront of I think like, you know, like like that's the social contract that we expect to have with the government for yeah. paying taxes for being part of this. So it's like. Um, it's, it's, you know, at risk of saying it's a card that can be pulled. It's like obviously something that gets discussed, uh, sort of as, as the, as the Trump card, no yeah. pun intended. But the other, oftentimes. the other, uh, kind of card that people play is like only criminals want anonymity, which again, I just don't agree with. Right. Like, yeah. Like that's, yeah, that's, um, that's, that's a caricature characterization of like the other side of the debate. Right. Um, which is probably just not true. Um, but like I, I sort of agree with it. It's like I don't really have that much to to hide personally. It's like I can. It's like a very naive form of the argument. But it's like I can see like yeah, people who are sympathized with the other side of the debate. It's like I don't have much to hide. Like I don't have right. shit. I got some goofy text messages and like some other shit. But like, um, it, there are broader implications, of course. But it's like that's like I can see why someone can reason that way. It's like yeah, I got nothing to hide. Yeah, I got nothing to hide. What are you my messages? Go for it. Yeah. Someone's reading them at least. Yeah, right. Someone's listening to the Unwise Index, at least. NSA be spying. Just like, I can just see someone with, like, it's their, their hand in their head, just, or their head in their hand, just being like, oh, God, got to yeah. do another episode of these guys. <laughs> well, they talk about this week. I was glad that Microsoft and Google supported them, though. And WhatsApp folk, uh, Jan Coombe, whatever his name is, a lot of people came out of the woodwork to support Tim Cook after he um, sent the first volley. Yeah, I'm like... I think like because they because they see like oh shit they can compel us to do the same thing if this thing goes through, like there's 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 like a there's like a nice piece of like solidarity there but I also think there's like a genuine fear about how this affects all of them yeah too. So it's like we <laughs> better band together. Um, it's a good way also to avoid work. Now Apple won't have to get a lot much engineers to build this thing and you know. Yeah, I mean I'm all oh, about avoiding work. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It's like, no, 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 I, I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you. You don't want to do it's this. You don't want to do this. Don't do it. Everyone's privacy <laughs> is going to be abused, man, you know, it's like. What <laughs> if <laughs> that was like really what was up? It's like, it's like ah, like shit. Removal of responsibility. It's like. <laughs> just just punt it. Just don't just say we can't do it. Just say like, yeah. you know. Impossible. Um, 
Impossible. So encryption, man. This is not really like an, it's just I wouldn't even classify this really as like, there is an encryption aspect to this, obviously, which is at the crux of why this is an issue. But right. it's like this is like like what can the government make you do of your corporations? Like that's it's interesting. Like I haven't really been that tuned into a lot of like the specific yeah. like encryption yeah. this that debates. But like because I think like a lot of them are kind of like absurd. Like it's like yeah. we shouldn't have encryption. It's like what, what do you mean? Like what? Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> but this is an interesting. This is a pretty interesting point. Um, yeah, I mean, it's all about the balance, dude. One is like, what is the balance of government compelling organizations to do things? And what is the balance between privacy and safety? One other factor is that, you know, the things, if things aren't private, does it actually d- impacts public safety negatively as well? Um, where, you know, my phone has a location of my family members and if it can be accessed by anyone, um, then that can be abused. But if it was restricted, you would assume that that wouldn't be abused. So, the public safety argument is not only counter to the privacy argument, but it's part of the privacy argument as well. Oh, but, I, think that was the, I think that was the strongest point that Tim Cook made. He's like, yeah, if this rogue iOS build that we were to create hypothetically was to get out there into the hands of bad guys, like, and they can hack any random iPhone, which again, might not actually be like a possible thing given what the FBI has asked him to build. But let's say it is like a broad ribbon cutter that would work across lots of phones. Right. It's like, yeah, like the, there's lots of family data. There's like literally an app called Find My Friends, which parents yeah. use to see where their kids are. So you just <laughs> exactly. open that shit up and see where like all the family members are for this particular person. Like, yeah. I think that was a very strong, uh, like, that's probably the, like that, 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 that was, the yeah, interview the with David ones. Muir was yeah. kind of kind of repetitive, but I thought that was the strongest point. Yeah, because not everyone um, always assumes that, no, just do it because everyone will be safer. But mm, it's like, the slippery slope is not only un- under this abstract view of re- reducing privacy, but it actually directly impacts safety as well, um, which is I don't think people sometimes factor in. Um, but yeah, yeah man, dude. it's all about that balance, dude. It's all about the balance. Balance. It all comes balance down to boards. That. It all comes you know, down you to know, that. balance boards. I, this really doesn't mind. You know, hoverboards. Hoverboards. People are calling those two-wheeled boards. That people are riding around on hoverboards. Like when that video came out a while ago, where it was Wiz Khalifa. It's like Wiz Khalifa gets assaulted in the airport on a hoverboard. It's like, why are people calling these two-wheeled board things hoverboards? They're Can hovering. Explain like that, that to me. No, they're on wheels. They're on wheels. What? Oh know, yeah, man. yeah. I, like, I have seen these things. I thought they recalled a bunch they... of them because they were like blowing up or some shit. Well, they also are misrepresenting themselves as hoverboards, which is, like, probably the biggest crime. Yo, I can't hate them. Bro. I was that's, that's so that, excited when I heard marketing. the term that's hoverboard. That's like marketing they're doing, dude. Just, it's, just bad. it's just misrepresentative marketing. I can't find that. <laughs> I can't co-sign that. We, we our marketing, how would we, misrepre- how would we misrepresent the unwise index to get more views? <laughs> it's like we use the keyword informed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. You want to learn about topics, uh... We're learning together, right? We're not like, coming in here spitting facts. Resident we're experts. Like we're lear- it's like a random walk towards knowledge. That's what I would describe this as. You know, you know we're getting there. We'll get there eventually. Yo, truth is a pathless land, dude. That's true. <laughs> it's true. You want, you want to be on this plane with us, <laughs> co-piloting the truth. I know, man. There's an analogy in there somewhere that works. We got to close out by saying our boy Donald Trump is inching closer, ever so close. Krispy Kreme, dude. Krispy Kreme is is jumping on the Trump bandwagon. I can't tell if he's doing it because he actually thinks, like, this is the right strategic move for him personally, or he just hates Marco Rubio that much. I think he might be – do you think he's gunning for a VP pick? Like, I think that's been the conversation. I think, like, he might think that – or, like, part of the cabinet, I think, is more likely because, like, like, 
Trump is from New York. He's from New Jersey. Like, I think Trump would like to pick someone from, like, an Ohio or, like, yeah. something like that. Maybe, like, people say Kasich. I just can't see Kasich putting up with Trump. Like, I just, yeah. like, but it's like, I don't know if it would make a logical VP choice, just geographically speaking, you know, where he's from. Um, uh, I, I did see a great, uh, like, a uh, great sticker, though, of, like, it's like, Trump Christie. Fuck me? No, fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> that was, that was I saw that. I saw the uh, speech that Christie gave when he. Uh, put his support for Trump, and it was it was pretty sad, dude. Like that was a sad, sad moment. He's like, mm-hmm. you could see him like clenching his teeth when he was like saying, like, yeah, I, I, I guess I support him so? now. <laughs> so he's a great I mean, guy. like, I thought it was pretty peculiar how he never took shots at Trump, and like, I thought it was one of those like, oh, I get it now, because like they, he's like, we've been friends for a while, we've been longtime friends. Um, no, he took shots. He always said that he was like friendly with Trump. He thinks he's a good guy, but he's not fit for the to be the president, right? Yeah, like that was like the mild, but Christie is such an attack dog. It's like the mildest thing he could say. Yeah, like like apparently Rubio, um, after like you know crazy after after like you know what is it like uh, after after uh, Christie like spazzed all over Rubio and like shut him down in that debate, like which is pretty brutal. Um, like so after Christie dropped out, apparently Rubio left him a voicemail and said like. You have like you know I would love your support. You have a great future ahead of you. And like apparently Christie got super offended by it. He said like you know Christie's like fifty three year old guy. Uh, Rubio's forty four. It's like what is this forty four year old hack telling me I have a future for? Like fuck this guy. He's just like apparently <laughs> he just like he just like hates that motherfucker. Oh, and man. I'm like you know I kind of love the fact that he just like does not like this dude at all because I don't really like. I think the dude's kind of like a cornball too. So it's like yeah. Um, I I love the fact that he's just like you know what I'm going to endorse Donald Trump tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it's getting scary out there, dude. Getting scary. Did you listen to that track "White Iverson" by uh, by Post Malone? Uh, I like. I was like fast forwarding through bits of it, but I listened to the, um, the chorus. I mean, listeners, if you got songs you want us to include, let's say you're making your own music, we'll include that shit in the intro yeah, if it's good. Absolutely, if, if it's, it's good. good. <laughs> <laughs> no whale noises. None, none of this like experimental none that, shit. None of that stuff. None of that stuff. If it's a club banger that you want to get featured on here first before it hits the clubs, like you yeah, just let us know. Put it up. We'll put it up. Um, you know, we, we that could be a thing we do. We could like try to feature new and upcoming artists. Like, go seek them out. Be like, hey, you wanna, you wanna, you wanna get like fifteen views? <laughs> it's all part of the plan, dude. Yeah, but these fifteen views, these are these are thought leaders in the space. Our listeners, you know, they're not just regular listeners, right? They're listeners who expand and share their views with others. So one listener on the NYS Index is equal to like a thousand listeners on another podcast. Those, those, right? those, those are those like. And like social theory, those are like those like rich nodes, right? Those nodes right. that will expand out to other, yeah. That's right. We're full of the rich nodes. Influencers, yeah. influencers, influencers on LinkedIn. I bet they're all. I bet they're all influencers on LinkedIn. LinkedIn influencers, dude. <laughs> you know how many connections they got? They got. They got. Fi- I don't think you've seen. At least five hundred. You, know, you get, get five hundred plus, right? That's just the first level, yo. You get. You can get a three thousand plus. I. Do you think they'll ever? Do you think they'll ever change the five hundred plus thing as like the minimum? Like five hundred is the minimum for that. Maybe. And LinkedIn, so LinkedIn, so just people know what I'm talking about here. Like everybody on LinkedIn, if you're on LinkedIn and like you sort of probably don't want to be on, you probably don't like to spend too much time on LinkedIn if you're on LinkedIn. Yeah. Just FYI. But like they do this thing where it's like they show the number of connections you have, and like connections is like sort of like a baseline estimation of currency. Like how connected is this person? Yeah. Like how many LinkedIn friends do they have, and like. Until you get to 500, then it becomes 500 plus. So, like, yeah. past 500, you don't know how many connections someone has. You just know they got 500 plus. Yo, I'm a LinkedIn snob, dude. I don't connect with anyone unless 500 plus, yo. Do you think they'll ever up that minimum from 500? Um, it's like 600 plus. Like just to fuck I mean, with their people. growth is – I mean, I don't know when they instated that, but 
I'm assuming their general user base growth has been like enormous since then. So it probably makes sense for them to do that. Like you got to think they think about. I think at least once a week they got to be like, should we raise this? Like, should we just just to like get like because it's like the it's, it's like it's like a trade off, right? It's like you could piss a lot of people off who spend a lot of time getting five hundred, yeah. Or you could, but you also might get some engagement, right? They might all like get backed on LinkedIn for like a little bit, try to get up to six hundred, <laughs> try to optimize for some more connections, yo. Yeah, but like it's like well, then they would probably get off again. They get up it's to six hundred and they log off. You got to really know how to craft that LinkedIn. I, I I like to be mysterious. I don't really explain what I'm doing. I'm just like yo, I'm I'm here and then I'm there and then I'm somewhere else. But I don't tell you what I'm doing at these places. Yeah, my profile's pretty bare bones. I don't know if mysterious <laughs> is really the right word for mine, though. Uh, one of my favorite LinkedIn profiles was, um, I forget the dude's title, something really, um, really mad dumb, like egregiously dumb. And, and his summary, <laughs> you know, he got like a summary bio, right? He's like, I read 100 articles a week in healthcare. <laughs> like, he's like, you really need to brag about how many articles you read, dude. Like, it's like, yeah. what's I the list of these articles? Like 100 word articles, 500 word articles? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Next internet articles that, that would impact my understanding of how well you know the but, space. But, hey, Monik, Monik, he reads a lot. A lot. A lot. <laughs> He's a genius. <laughs> He's, <laughs> He's smart, a genius, though. dude. He's smart, though. Um, you smart. You read a lot. <laughs> like, that's sort of the <laughs> estimation right there. He's like, if they just know I read 100 articles a week, I mean, boom, <laughs> business is going to happen. Business is happening, uh, dude. But I don't, mean to shit on, I don't mean to shit on anyone's hustle. Like, you, Everybody's got their own e-hustle on LinkedIn, and I don't want to, yeah, more power to you. Positivity, encouragement, like I hope that dude finds success. Secret you know? of success. Good LinkedIn profile. I mean, it's at least a prerequisite. Yo, I'm going to put my skill on there as cocoa butter enthusiast cocoa butter enthusiast yo i know how to pick that thing do you ever you get endorsed by a bunch of people who don't know shit about like like, like i get endorsed for like random ass skills by people oh, who yeah. would have no way of knowing whether or not i have that skill yeah it's yeah. like it's like it's like somebody i like met once in like you know some random event is like yeah he knows signal processing yeah yeah <laughs> that sounds about it's right. like what you don't even know what yeah he's like you know that biostat right like mm-hmm I know it's like the the subtle implication there. Like, if I endorse you for something you know I don't know about you, will you do the same for me? Right. Like, is it sort of like a tit for tat sort of thing? I wish you could reject endorsements. Can you do that? Oh, right. You can't. Like, people (laughs) because it actually works against you sometimes. It's like like, certain people who endorse me. I'm like, I don't, I don't like y'all. All All right. I don't don't want you in my life. I don't want that. Well, it's not even that negative. Page. It's not even that negative. It's like, it's like, I don't think if you endorse me for this, if someone did like some basic research, they would probably be able to tell you don't know that I know this. Right. Like, like there's no credibility in your endorsement, you know? Yeah, exactly. Like that, like, yeah. it's not that I don't like the person. It's just like, I just don't think this is a valid endorsement. And like, it's very transparently not a valid endorsement. We need to call up <laughs> Mr. Reed Hoffman and tell him that the ability of not rejecting endorsements dilutes the impact of the endorsement feature on LinkedIn. I saw Reed Hoffman once on a plane. Oh yeah, he's a nice. He seemed like he was a nice guy. I should have told him about this though. I didn't. Yeah, dude. <laughs> it's like you're reading you two, two informed individuals talking about privacy and public safety. Should I like? I'm trying to think about a way in which we can like slide the unwise index into conversations like that. Like it's almost like the equivalent of a business card. It's like, do we have to have business cards just have the URL for the SoundCloud? Dude, we, like, we should, is that we should probably invest in some business cards though, right? Business cards, some yeah, teas just, like, or something. Some t-shirt, like, yeah, it's like, I got to be able to like slide that into a conversation, like, because people don't remember the link or they don't remember the name, right? It's like, I'll tell them about the podcast, but it's like, then they forget. 
It's like, yeah. so I have to either follow <laughs> yeah. them on, on, on Facebook or on, on, on email. It's like, if I could just slide them that, like, it's like, this is not a business card that is like my, you know, it's like not like my typical job. Who knows? This might be my only job at some point. Yeah. Um, might be, this is the only job. Uh, I mean, future podcast tastemaker is the only job that really has any credibility in today's world. Um, but it's like, should we, like, yeah, it's like a, should I, like, have, like, a glittered business card that just says, like, unwise index on we it? we got to give something to remember us by. Like, I view the unwise like index badge? as a stress reliever, so we should get them one of those stress stress reliever balls with the unwise <laughs> index on there. You know? I always lose those things, though. Uh, yo, I have, I have plenty of those things. Nice. We can do that. This is, this is a vexing... It's vexing. How do you how do you how do you tell people about your podcast, point to point, and have them not forget about it? If anybody has any <laughs> suggestions out there, if you're an intern out there, social media intern that has any good ideas here, instant hired, instant hire, instant hire, man. Just throw out some ideas. Send us a box of cocoa butter. You know what it is. Okay.